Good evening. We are discussing the halachas of brachas, which we started a few weeks ago. And we're working our way through. We've discussed the background to halachas brachas, some of the halachas which are relevant to basic brachas, last week to some halachas which were pertinent to halachas brachas hanenin, the brachas which we say pre-eating, pre-benefiting from food, which Chazal obligated us to make a bracha before we start eating food. It's forbidden for a person to benefit from this world without first making a bracha, without first saying a bracha to HaKadosh Baruch This week, as we mentioned at the end of the year, last two weeks ago, we were going to start discussing Birchus HaPeiris. It's extremely interesting. There'll be some halachas that you probably weren't so fully aware of, or might have been aware of, but not cognitive of the the repercussions of the halacha. So we're going to take it slowly. We won't be able to cover every aspect of Bechus Peiris today. We'll have to come back in the next year and finish off. There's plenty to talk about when it comes to Bechus Peiris. But let's go through the basic klolim of Bechus Peiris and some of the relevant halachas, which perhaps are a chiddush or will be news to some of us. We discussed right at the end of the shir in the previous year, that things that grow in from the ground are considered choshev. And because they're considered choshev, they therefore have a specific bracha attached to them. Chazal felt that foods that are, have great importance deserve a, a more specific bracha. And therefore anything that grows from the ground has a bracha of bari prihadama. All other foods just have a very generic bracha, a very general bracha of shakol bidvari, everything that's created through the word of HaKadosh Baruch That's very general. But when it comes to things that grow from the ground, things that grow from, from earth, be it vegetables, be it fruits, Chazal felt it's important to give them a more, a more specific bracha. And therefore, we actually mention in the bracha what we're eating. We're eating something that grew in the ground. hadama, fruit of the ground. When it comes to fruits that grow on a tree... Chazal felt that fruits that grow on a tree are even more important than fruits that grow on the ground, than vegetables. And again, the word vegetable is just a, a terminology we're going to use to describe things that grow on the ground and things that have a very periodom attached to it. Though it's the de- definition of vegetable and fruit is not relevant here because things that grow on the ground are also called fruits in Hebrew. We call them pre or adoma or pre or eights. But fruits that grow on a tree are considered more chashev, so they have even more specific bracha. And then bracha, therefore, is, is, is bari pri where we actually itemize what we're eating here, and we specify what we're eating, even with a greater specification. We're eating a fruit of a tree. Not just a general fruit that grows from the ground, but it grows from the ground too. Every fruit that grows on the tree grows from the ground, but it's more specific. It's a fruit that grows from the tree. The bracha of shahako, because it's a generic bracha, includes all fruits and all foods, if a person in certain situations would say a shahako on a fruit of the tree or on a fruit of the ground, would be yotzer. That bracha would be sufficient. And any other any other type of food that you say a bracha of shahako on it, you're yotzer the bracha. Of course, there's conditions attached, as we discussed in the previous shurim. The same would apply to a bracha of beri prihadama on a fruit of a tree. If a person, by mistake, made a picked up an apple and said beri prihadama, he hasn't said something which is wrong. It's true. It's a fruit of the ground. It's also a fruit of the tree. He just didn't specify the bracha enough 
But the Ebed, in that situation, the bracha will be considered a bracha and he doesn't need to make another bracha. So you need to make a bracha where he creates when you eat the fruit of the tree because that's what you need to do. That's how Chazal instituted Hilchah's brachas, that fruits of the tree have their own specific bracha which specifies a fruit of the tree. But the Ebed, if you by mistake made a bracha of Boire Priyohadama, that would be sufficient. That would be sufficient. The definition between a tree and a non-tree. What defines a tree and a non-tree? So now the Gemara tells us as follows, and we briefly mentioned this last week, two weeks ago. The Gemara tells us in Mesechtas Brachus, When does one make a bracha of Bari Priyohetz? When you take away the fruit from the tree, the Gavza, the Gimel Vav Vav Zayin the Gavza. Now we're going to explain what the Gavza means because there's a huge discussion in the Rishonim what a Gavza is. When you remove the fruit from the tree, you harvest the fruit of the tree. The gavza remains, and then the next year, or later on that year, it will reproduce more fruit. That's called a prehoites. But where you take the fruit, you harvest the fruit, the Hodder Mapic, that Gavza does not remain. The Gavza is not there anymore. And therefore, the Gavza cannot reproduce fruit again. So we need to understand when this Gavza remains, then I make a bracha on the fruits. When the Gavza does not remain, then I say What's this Gavza? And that's a huge machlekis in the Rishonim. Some say that the Gavza is the bark, is the trunk of the tree. If the trunk of the, sorry, yeah, the trunk of the tree. The trunk of the tree remains from year to year. That's enough. That's considered a tree. Even though the branches will die out and new branches will form and on those branches they will produce fruit. That's enough. The gavs are remaining is enough to consider the tree. And I'll make a very pretty on that. Others say no. I need the gavza means the trunk, the whole trunk of the tree. Plus all the all the branches of the tree, they all remain and they reproduce as a full tree. They reproduce fruit in the coming season. That's considered a tree. But if the branches would die off, even if the trunk would remain, that wouldn't be considered a tree. Others go even to the other extreme. They say, no, I don't even mind if the trunk dies out annually. As long as the roots the bulb, the actual roots remain under the ground, and those roots will reproduce next year and produce new fruit from those roots. That's considered a tree, and I do not need to make a bracha of Beripiyadona, I'll make a bracha of Beripiyadona. So we have three versions here of what's called a fruit tree. Is it a tree that remains with its trunk and with the branches from year to year and reproduces fruit? Is it a tree that the trunk remains, even if the branches do not remain? Or is it a tree that even if the trunk does not remain from year to year, but the actual shroshim, the roots of the tree remain, that's enough to consider the tree, and I don't need to, and I make a bracha very pretty. So let's take the two extremes. No question about it, if I have an apple tree, or an orange tree, or a pear tree, or a grapevine, or peaches, or figs, or dates, or pomegranates, or olives, or lemons, anything like that, that's a tree according to all opinions, because those trees, the trunk remains, 
from year to year. The branches remain from year to year. Sometimes we burn them down. We might burn them, cut them back, prune them, which we do with, with, uh, with vines, etc. But the tree remains a tree and the branches remain a branch and they will reproduce fruits from year to year. They are definitely considered fruits. You make a bracha, according to all opinions. If you take a tomato, for example, a tomato vine will grow one year. The vine will disappear once the fruit's been 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 picked. The end of the season, the vine will die off. But not just the vine dies off; the actual roots die off. You need to replant again from scratch a tomato plant in order so that the tomato should reproduce. It'll never reproduce on its own. Not the roots, not the vine, nothing. And therefore, that was the, that's the other extreme. It needs completely replanting. Something that needs completely replanting is definitely considered a berry free hadono. No question about it. No question about it. However, we do have a number of different types of trees which fall into the middle category. We have a number of different types of fruits that we eat regularly that fall into the different in, into the middle category. Unclear what bracha one should actually make on those. And I'm going to read you out and give you a number of examples. There's more examples, but I'll just give you some of the classic examples that we come across regularly. So we have the banana tree, or we will have a strawberry or a pineapple, for example. They all grow on trees or low bushes, bushes or trees. They are tree-like growths. So we'll talk about the banana for a moment. Then we'll come back and talk about the strawberry and the the strawberry and the pineapple. The banana is a, a large tree. If you look up online, you'll see a bananas growing groves, huge, huge groves of bananas, large, tall trees. The tree is a single trunk, which off the trunk there's branches. There are branches with leaves, and off those branches will be hanging huge clusters of bananas, huge, huge large amounts, large clusters of bananas. Once the fruiting season comes to an end, then the tree the branches and the trunk will die off. Now, every year, as the trunk is growing, as the trunk is growing, there'll be another small shoot which grows from the roots at the bottom of the trunk, but it doesn't grow very much, grows a very small amount. The trunk dies out at the end of the season. The next season, the new shoot that grew together with the trunk but didn't grow very far, that will suddenly start growing and create a new trunk. And at the top of the trunk will be a new trunk, new branches, and new bananas. That will die off, and in the same time as that's growing, there'll be a small little shoot at the bottom of the banana tree the, at the roots, at the root, at the root level, and then the next year that trunk will die off, and the new shoot will grow. So the roots remain in the ground from year to year, and there's perhaps even a tiny little trunk that remains there from year to year. That little small little shoot that that begins to grow together with the trunk, but doesn't grow very far, and it waits its turn for the next year. It remains there from year to year, but the trunk does not remain from year to year. So therefore, we can't say that this is a fruit that carries the bracha of Bari Prieta according to all opinions, because there are some opinions who say that if the trunk and the branches do not remain from year to year, that's not called a fruit with regards to the bracha of Bari Prieta. Some say that if the trunk alone would stay, that would be enough, but here the trunk doesn't stay either. The trunk dies off. So therefore, I'm only left with one opinion who says that if the root remains in the ground, that's good enough to say Bari Prieta. So I now have a situation where according to many opinions, most opinions, I should not be saying a Bari Prieta. According to some, I should say a Bari Prieta. What do we do? 
since we've said already at the beginning of Shir that a Boripriya Domo is a bracha that would work on a Boripriya Eitz, on the fruit of the tree. And the only reason why I say Boripriya Eitz is because Chazal wanted me to say something more specific when it comes to a fruit that grows on a tree. Here I have a Suffolk, I have a doubt whether this is considered a fruit of the tree. So I cannot make the bracha of Boripriya Eitz, so I make the bracha of Boripriya Domo. And even if it is a priyates, even according to the opinion that this is considered a fruit of the tree, the adama will be sufficient, that will be considered a bracha, the correct bracha or, or sufficient bracha for the banana and your yaitza with your bracha of priyadama. So we make a bracha of priyadama, but, but, and this is the big but, we'll come back to this in a moment. You must remember, I'm only making the bracha of priyadama because it's a suffolk, because I'm unsure whether this is considered a Fruit of the tree that requires a bracha of or is this considered a fruit which is growing in the ground that requires a bracha of So I get out of the suffolk. I avoid the suffolk by making a bracha but it's still only a suffolk. That's going to have repercussions in a moment, as we're going to see when we go through the the relevance of the halacha. If you take the pineapple, I don't know if any of you have ever seen how a pineapple grows. If you ever read the Swiss Family Robinson, it has a lovely, lovely description of a pineapple tree there. A pineapple grows on a small smallish bush, small tree. It actually only flowers once. It grows and gives one pineapple per tree. That's all. Per season, one one pineapple. The actual tree will die off post-fruiting season. Once the pineapple has been been picked, at the end of the fruit season, it'll die. It remains as a very low, small little root, maybe a little shrub at the end. And that will regrow again as a new tree, a new bush, and in the center of that bush will be this pineapple that grows. So again, we have the same problem as we have with the banana. Pineapple is not really a vegetable in the sense of the bracha of Boripriyadoma. It does grow on a tree. It grows on a bush. A bush is considered a tree. We'll discuss bushes a bit later, but a bush is considered a tree. And therefore, a pineapple, depending on which opinion you follow, may be a bracha, may have a bracha of Boripriyadoma. We may have a bracha Adama. But because we don't know lahalacha, which opinion to follow, it's a machlekas, so therefore we avoid, we compromise, and we try to avoid machlekas. We make this compromise, and we say, make a bracha Adama, because saying Adama would be sufficient, even if it really requires a Eitz. Since I don't know, we make a bracha Adama, and that is resolves the, 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 the suffolk. And the same with it comes to strawberries. Strawberries also grow on a very low bush. It's a low bush. The actual bush dies out at the end of the season, but the bush does, at the same time as it's growing, the, the flowers will, there'll be little creepers or runners, as they're called. Little runners will grow out of the roots. Those runners will then regrow again. They'll take roots somewhere or they'll reflower themselves and they will regrow into a new bush. And seasonally, they will regrow. The, the, the bush doesn't die out completely. The runners will remain. The, the roots will remain and the runners will remain. But the rest of the bush, so the, the, the branches, if you would like to call them that, of the bush, and the flower and the, and the branches where the flowers are, the flower and the, the strawberries grow, they will die out. And therefore, we have the same problem when it comes to a strawberry. Is this considered a pre-hoates? Because it is growing on a tree. And it does reproduce from year to year. The same tree, the same roots will reproduce from year to year. Or do we say no? Since the actual tree dies off and it reproduces, it regrows again from the roots of the tree, that's not considered a tree. That's considered a pre 
Or is it, no, is it considered a tree? Back to the same argument as we had with the banana and with the pineapple. Therefore, again, we want to avoid disagreement. We compromise, we make Boi Pradoma. Boi Pradoma is a bracha that is sufficient even for a prior eights, and therefore we've fulfilled all opinions by making a Boi Pradoma. However, what would happen if a person picked up a banana or a pineapple or a strawberry or any fruit in that category and made a Boi eights? What should he do? Do you say, oh dear, I made the wrong brocha. What do I do now? Terrible. Big Avera. And make a Boi Adomo. But one second. Perhaps the brocha is Boi Priyadomo. Perhaps it is a tree. So I'm now in a little bit of a quandary. How do I move forward when I've made a Boi Priyadomo on my banana or on my pineapple or on my strawberry? Do I just continue eating? Or do I say, wrong bracha, I'm supposed to make a bari domo. Now, if this was a real vegetable, if it was a tomato and I made a bari priyadz, waste of time. Need to make a bracha, bari domo, repeat the bracha, and say bari domo. But here, because the bracha may be a bari priyadz, and according to many opinions, it should be a bari priyadz, and the only reason why we make a bari priyadz is as a compromise to avoid dispute, I'm in a little bit of a problem now. What do I do? Mishnah Bura says the bracha of Bari Pre'etz is not sufficient. It's not sufficient. But at the same time, I have a suffolk here. So the based on the Chai Adam, the best approach in that scenario would be to eat a very small amount of the banana or the pineapple or the strawberry, enough that my bracha is not considered a bracha levatala. Now I can't make a Bari Pre'etz now because it's a suffolk bracha. Maybe the Bari Pre'etz was the correct bracha and I can't make a bracha on the suffolk. So what do I do? I go and take another vegetable, which is definitely a vegetable, and I make a Bari Priyadama. And by making a Bari Priyadama, that vegetable with the intention that it should also be a bracha on my banana, then I can eat my banana. A little bit complicated, but that's the only way out of the quandary. You put yourself into a, a sticky situation, a banana with a Bari Priyadama, a pineapple where you said Bari Priyadama, a strawberry you said Bari Priyadama. Problem, what do you do? Eat a small amount, just enough so that the bracha should not be considered a bracha of batala. Stop. Go and find yourself a vegetable. Make a bracha on the vegetable. That bracha on the vegetable will also be a bracha on the banana. And then you can carry on eating your banana or your pineapple or your strawberry, whichever one it is. Another another difficulty, and this is probably more common, and this is something that most of us are not aware of, or, or, or without being cognitive of it, won't be aware of it. If you have a pile of fruit in front of you, tubishvat, and you are going to be eating from all the fruits in front of you. Part of those fruits are real fruits, pears, apples, grapes, dates, pomegranates, fruits that definitely require bracha or periods. You also have in front of you a banana or some pineapple, which may be a bracha or periods, or may be a bracha or periodoma. Now I have a problem. If I make a bracha or periods, on the fruit, which is really Boi Priyadz, then I'm stuck. What do I do with my, my banana? Can I make a bracha Boi Priyadz? One second. Maybe I've already fulfilled my bracha by saying the Boi Priyadz on my grapes. And grapes really comes first. Because grapes are part of the Shiva Saminim. So what do I do? Make a bracha Boi Priyadz, I can't. Because... 
that would put me into a quandary with regards to my banana, my pineapple, or my strawberries. It wouldn't allow me to make another bracha. So the best thing to do in that situation is actually to pick up the banana and make a bari priyadam on the banana. Because we assume that the bracha of the haddam on the banana is only on the banana and not on the fruits where I want to make a bari priyadam. Then I can eat my banana and go to my grapes, make a bracha bari priyadam on my grapes. Or not such a good idea, not such a perfect idea, perfect etzer, but it's it's doable according to many paskim. You can make a bracha bari priyadam first on your fruits, but you should have the intention that you don't want this bracha to be a bracha on the banana. Now that doesn't work according to everybody, but at least it mitigates the situation a little bit. Best is actually to take the banana off the, off the table, take it away, so it's out of sight, and my bracha doesn't work on it. Make my bracha on the fruit, bring the banana back, make my bracha on the grapes. So here we have a situation where you might think it's straightforward. Bananas hadoma. I was brought up all my life. Bananas are hadoma. Pineapples are hadoma. Strawberries are hadoma. And what's the problem? I'll make eggs on my fruit and hadoma on my banana. But then when you realize, one second, a banana is not really definitely hadoma. It's only hadoma because of a suffer, because of a doubt. And therefore puts me into a slightly difficult situation when I have two sets of fruits in front of me and I intend to eat both of them. Well, how do I juggle the brochas? And the answer is best is to make the bracha on first or take the banana away, put it out of sight, make a bracha on the fruit with the intention that it shouldn't be a bracha on the banana and it can't be a bracha on the banana and you've mitigated that situation. Third case where this fact that the banana is actually only a bariprihadama because of a sophic if I had two sets of vegetables, meaning I had a set of vegetables on the, on the table and a banana or a strawberry or pineapple. So I have tomatoes and a pineapple on the table. Which one should I make my bracha bariprihadama on? Should I make my bracha bariprihadama on my tomatoes? And then my bracha will be a bracha on the pineapple as well. Or should I make a bracha on the pineapple? And my bracha on the pineapple will be a bracha on the tomato. Which way around should I do that? If I have all vegetables, tomatoes, cucumbers, carrots, uh, beetroots, etc., no question about that. I can pick whichever one is chobim, whichever one I prefer, or any one I can pick. doesn't have to make a difference. And I can make a bracha by piadoma, and it will be a bracha on all the other vegetables. But here, my situation is a bit different because one of these items of food that I'm going to be eating do not actually carry the bracha of Bari Priyadama according to all opinions. It's a doubt. So which one should come first? And here again, there are those who say that a bracha of Bari Priyadama on a Priyo Eitz will not work for a... Sorry, a bracha of Bari Priyadama on a Priyo will not work for fruits. If I make a bracha of Bari Priyadama on a tomato, it won't allow me to eat an apple. I have to make Bari Priyadama on the apple. And therefore here, if my banana really carries a bari eight, making a bari adama on my tomato will not be sufficient. I'd have to make a new bari adama on my banana. Now I don't want to do that, because that's a sophic bracha now. So what I should really be doing in that situation is, I should be making a bracha on the banana, or on the pineapple, or on the, on the strawberry. And then that bracha would absolve me of making a bracha on the tomato. But the other way around could I actually enter into problems of sophic bracha. So let's just recap. A fruit which is clearly a fruit, on a tree that remains a tree with the branches remaining, everything that's a bari priyadama, no questions there at all. Fruits like bananas, 
Banana is actually called a, a herb in, 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 in the category of fruits and vegetables. It's not a fruit, it's not a vegetable, it's considered a herb. But bananas or pineapples or strawberries that are not real fruits with, with regards to the bracha berry puree. They're suffolk if they're considered a fruit with regards to the berry puree. That causes me a huge problem. When I'm just eating a banana on its own or pineapple or strawberry, I definitely make a bracha berry puree. If, however, I am eating it together with other fruits, then that can put me into, into, into a slightly difficult situation. So if I'm eating it together with real fruits, apples, pears, grapes, then I should either make a broth on the banana first and then make the eights on the fruits, or I should take the banana off the table and make a broth on the fruits and then bring the banana back and make the bari on the on the banana. If I'm eating... Two types of berry priadomos. I'm eating two types of berry priadomos. One which is definitely a berry priadomo, and one which is only a suffolk berry priadomo, like a banana. Then I should better make the bracha on the banana and absolve myself of the bracha of the real vegetables, but shouldn't make a bracha on the real vegetable and try and absolve the banana, because that way around might not work. Broch on the banana, that absolves you of the real vegetable. If you made a berry puree eights by mistake on a pineapple, on a banana, on a strawberry, then eat a bit, stop, go and find a vegetable, which is definitely a berry puree make a, a broch of berry puree and continue eating your banana. I hope that's clear. Difficult, difficult situation, difficult halachas. We're so used to making a berry puree on, on these types of, of fruits that we consider them real vegetables in the, in the context of brothers. And really, they really are a suffolk, and they, it does create these complicated scenarios, these complicated situations. I hope that's clear and uh, it, it under, can, be, can be easily understood. There's another fruit which is grown on a tree, which is commonly eaten, but yet is not really considered a fruit or may not be considered a fruit, and that's a papaya. What's interesting about the papaya is that the papaya grows on a tree. It's a tree that grows. It's actually a hollow trunk. It's a trunk that's hollow, and it grows like a normal fruit grows on a tree, but it, it, it fruits immediately. As soon as it grows, it grows very fast, and the first year that the, the tree grows, it'll fruit. It'll grow a papaya. Second year, it'll grow papaya. Third year, it'll grow papaya. After three years, it dies off. After these three years, it dies off and needs replanting. So now raises the question, is a papaya a fruit? Or is it a vegetable? With regards to the bracha, of course. Is it a fruit that I make a bracha of Bari Or is it a vegetable that I make a bracha of Bari It grows on a tree. The tree, the trunk remains, and, and even the branches, I think, remain. I think the, the actual trunk grows a bit further, and new branches come out. But even the branches may remain. The, the trunk remains in place, and the branches may remain, and it grows again. It, re, it reflowers and regrows fruit from year to year, but for three years, after three years, it'll die off. Is that considered a tree or is it considered a fruit? Now here becomes a, a this is where the, the difficulty and the, the conundrum really begins to take, take shape here. We have a halacha in trees that, halacha called arla. The first three years that a tree grows, the fruits, the fruits are forbidden. It makes a difference if the tree grows in Etzisrael, if it grows in Chutzlaret, the first three years of a tree growing, the fruits are forbidden. The fourth year is called Netarevai. 
In that Israel, you have to redeem it. In Chutzlaris, you can eat it. Now, if the papaya is considered a tree, then papaya only grows, only produces fruit the first three years. And the first three years a tree produces fruit, those fruits are forbidden to be eaten. So it would then mean that we could never, ever, ever eat a papaya. Because the first three years it's Allah. So we're going to have to say that if we eat a papaya, that papaya is not considered a fruit. And if it's not considered a fruit, then it should carry the bracha of But then the question arises, why is it not a fruit? It grows on a tree. It seems to be a tree. Trunk, branches, it flowers and fruits. More than once. Two, one year, two years, three years. So why isn't it considered a tree? Why do we take it away from the category of pre and consider it a pre both with regards to Allah, and therefore that will follow with regards to the bracha too. And that's really a big conundrum which is discussed in the earlier poskim. And the Rav Paladin comes out with a very big chiddush. This was a, a more of a, a, a fruit that was grown in, in, in more in, in the African nations and in, in, in where the Arabs live. And therefore the tubers are more in, in, in coming from those areas of the world. And there it's discussed at length. And he, he comes out with a, the Rav Paladin comes out with a very big chiddush, which he bases on a tesefta. That gives another definition for a tree. That not only is a tree something that the trunk and the branches grow and remain from year to year and reproduce fruit, but a tree can never ever give fruit in its first year. A vegetable you plant, it will grow fruit immediately. You plant a tomato seed, it'll grow a vine and you'll have fruits that year. You try, you plant a, a carrot, it'll grow that year. Peas, it'll grow that year. Fruit never grows in the first year. You plant a tree, no, doesn't fruit in the first year. Second year, maybe, most likely not. Maybe. Third year, it begins to grow sometimes. Fourth year, that's when you get your fruit. Therefore, says it to Sefta, any tree that produces fruit immediately in the first year is not considered a fruit. We consider it a vegetable, we consider it a prihadomo, and therefore it doesn't carry the, the restrictions of our law, and therefore would need a brocha of bari prihadomo, not bari prihadomo. And that's the minika oilam, according to most poskim. If you take a, a papaya and you're going to be eating a papaya, you should make a bracha of bari prihadomo. You shouldn't make a bracha of bari prihadomo. There's another opinion in the Rishonim. It's quoted in Taisus in Sachs' brachas, that a thorn bush is not considered a tree. Though bushes are considered a tree, thorn bushes are worse. They're not considered a tree. It's not chosher enough to be considered a tree. And that raises a question, what bracha does one make on a sabra? A sabra, if anybody's ever seen a sabra tree, it's a largish bush, full of thorns, the, the leaves are thorny, the actual fruit itself is thorns on the outside. And therefore, according to the the opinion of Taisus, a thorn bush, one doesn't make a bracha bariprieh, you make a bracha bariprieh domo. What bracha does one make on the sabra fruit? Now here again, the agreed opinion, according to most of the poskim, is that we don't follow that view of Taisus. Most the Rishonim disagree with Taisus, and they say that you make a bracha very pure eights. And since that's the majority, we make the bracha very pure eights. Even though normally we try to avoid Suffolk brachas, normally we try to avoid any situation of conflict when it comes to bracha, and we should normally make a very pure adama. But there's times when the opinion of the majority outweighs the opinion of the minority, 
and we follow the majority, even though we could accommodate the minority as well by making Bari Pri Adama, but the agreed Minag is to make a bracha of Bari on the Sabra, and that's what one does, one makes a bracha of Bari Pri on the Sabra fruit. There's another opinion in the Paskim, in the Rishonim, a very low bush is not considered a tree. So if you have a low bush which is less than three to fucking tall, uh, roughly 24 centimeters, it's below 24 centimeters, that's a very low bush, that would be considered a tree, that would be considered a plant, even though it has the criteria for a tree, it stays there from year to year, the branches stay, the trunk stays, and it regrows fruit from year to year, but it's not choshev enough to be considered a tree to allow it to have a bracha of Adama set on it. Now, most berries that we buy and eat all grow on bushes which are taller than that. Nearly all berries are taller than that. There are some wild berries that grow, which grow on bushes which are a bit lower than that. So in a situation, in a place where, again, this is a, a machlekas, most, a lot of the opinions say you should make a bari And therefore, if you're in a, in a place where the minig is not to make a bari but to make a bari adama on something that grows on a low bush, you make a bari adama. But anywhere else, where there's no minig, which is probably the majority of places that we find ourselves in, then the Paschim, Ramesh Shafanshan, and others say that we make a bracha on berry creates in all berries, and that's what we do. We make a bracha on berries. We don't bother trying to ascertain whether it grows on a low bush or a high bush, so blueberries and blackberries, besides the problem of toloim, when we can get them bug-free, we don't try and work out whether they were tall, tall bushes or small bushes. We just assume that it's an eight, and we make a bracha on berry creates because that's the halacha, and that's the minig. That, that we accept that it's considered a bariprate, even though there is one or two opinions that low bushes are not considered trees. There are a number of other conditions attached to the bracha of bariprates. And I can't just make a bracha of on any fruit. And that is the fruit has to be a chosh of a fruit. It's got to be something considered chosh So anything which is cultivated, planted for the purpose of being eaten, is considered chosher. That's considered important. That's considered a fruit that we need to make a bracha or berry parades on. But wild fruit is not considered chosher. So, for example, a, a wild apple is a tree that doesn't, is not cultivated. In the time of the Gomorrah, there was an apple called a wild apple. It probably still is today. I don't think it's really that edible. Uh, it's not it's not chosher a fruit. It's not a fruit that's, that people really want and eat. And therefore, it doesn't carry a bracha or berry It doesn't even carry a bracha or berry because it's so distant from the the chain of important foods that we just make a broch of shahakal on it. So if you ever go out for a walk and you find a wild apple, it doesn't mean you find a a, a, a pink lady growing in, in uh, not that you ever will find one, but you find a pink lady growing in the middle of nowhere, of course you'd make a barbarian on that. We mean a, a type of tree where the, the, the type of apple is considered a wild apple, is a wild apple, and therefore it's not considered chashav, you wouldn't make a broch of barbarian you'd make a broch of shahakal. It also has to be that the, the, what you're eating is the, what's considered the primary fruit of the tree. So for example, I'll give you the example of the Gemara, and you can try and compare it to different scenarios that we have today. The Gemara talks about the caper bush. The caper bush is a caper berry. On the caper bush, the caper berry grows. That's called in the Gemara the Evyonim. The Evyonis of the, of the caper bush. That's the berry of the caper bush. I don't know if any of you have ever eaten caper, caper berries. I've never seen them in my life. But when we, we were learning the Gemara in Shir, they quickly brought up on their Zooms, uh, not on their Zooms, on their Google, and on their little telephones, amazing things, these telephones, on Wikipedia, the, the pictures of little caper berries, etc. Uh, it's a berry which people do eat. They pickle them. I don't know what they do with them. They come in jars nowadays, I think. 
but it's a berry that can be eaten, and it's definitely in the time of Chazal it was eaten. In fact, the caver bush has four parts to it that the Chazal tell us are edible. It has the actual berry, the caper berry, which is called Avionis. It has the outer peel, the kafrisin, the outer peel, which is around the berry. On the lower half of the berry, there's a, there's a, a like a peel. That's edible too, and in the time of Chazal was eaten. That's another edible part of the caper bush. The leaf is also an edible leaf. Like today, people can make sugared uh, rose leaf etc. You can certain leaves are edible. The leaf of the caper bush was also used in the time of Chazal to be eaten. And at the end of the leaf, or somewhere along the leaf, there was another smaller berry, which was considered a tamra, not quite the caper berry. There was another little berry there that, if you look on the on the pictures online, you'll see that it was also edible in the time of Chazal. And here Chazal tell us, since the tree is primarily grown for the berry and not for the other edible parts of the tree. You only make a bracha berry puree on the berry, on the caper berry. You don't make a bracha berry puree on anything else. If the tree, the bush was grown for the other parts of it too, then I'd make a berry puree on the other parts because I've grown it for those parts. They grow from the ground. They're choshev, they're important to me, and therefore I'd make a berry puree I'd make a eight on the, ber- the caper berry itself. I'd make hadama on the rest. If I only grow it for the caper berry, and I'm not interested in the rest, which is probably the situation today, where we don't actually produce anything from the peel of the berry or the leaf of the, of the caper bush or the small little tamarind, these little berries that are on, on the leaves, we don't bother with those nowadays. Then if you do eat them, you'd make a bracha of shahako and not bore pri But what we see from that Gemara, which is relevant in halacha, is that you only make a bracha on the primary fruit. You don't make a bracha on the secondary fruit of the tree. The primary fruit will carry the berry puree. The secondary fruit would depend. If the fruit, the tree is grown for that as well, I'd make a berry puree. If it's not grown for that, then I'd only make a shako. Which then brings us to the question, what bracha do I make on fruit peels? If I'm going to eat an orange peel or a lemon peel, etc., etc., would I make a bracha of berry puree? Would I make a bracha of berry puree? Would I make a bracha of shako in the inventory? And that, of course, is a three-way machlekas in the poskim. Some say that a peel of an orange is different to the peel of a caper bush. Very different, because the peel of the orange stays even after you take the fruit off the tree. It stays there completely around the orange. The caper bush, the the peel falls off when you when you even before you actually harvest the berry off the tree. So you can't compare it. And this is considered part of the fruit, and I make a berry puree. Others say no. It's not considered part of the fruit. It's like the peel of a berry, of the caper berry, and therefore I would make a berry puree And others say even more than that. It's not really edible. It's not meant to be eaten. Some people eat it. And therefore I should make a shahako. It's a, a huge machlekas, and therefore the minig would be to make a shahako on it, because that would resolve all problems. And for sure, candied peel, if I take the orange peels and I... Uh, put them in honey or, or sugar, etc., etc. Not quite sure how you can eat those, but if you do like that, those types of things and they mean anything to you, then you make a bracha shako on that peel because that would resolve the, the problem too. If you're eating the pip of a fruit, the garinim of a fruit, the pip of a fruit, then the pip of the fruit is not considered the primary fruit. The fruit is the fruit. The pip of the fruit is not considered the fruit. If I'm eating it together with the fruit, and I just make her eat some of the fruit, and I eat. So if you're somebody who eats the apple, and you like to eat the pips of the apple as well, you eat the core and the pips and everything, Ooh, not quite my idea of fun, but if that's what you like doing, you eat the whole apple from beginning to end, 
You don't make any other bracha. Just the eights on the apple, and everything else is considered part of the apple. If, however, you were taking the pips out of a fruit, and you're going to eat them separately, then if they're edible, you won't make a baripir eights, because it's not the primary fruit. But you may make a baripir adama, or, according to some, you make a shahaka on the depending on whether the fruit is grown for the pips as well or not. I would make a hadama or a shahako, but I would not make a baripir eights. Again, for the same reasoning, this is not the primary fruit. The fruit is the fruit. The pips are not considered the fruit. When it comes to buying garinim, what we call garinim today, sunflower seeds or, or seeds that come from avatiach or from, from pumpkin seeds that they sell roasted in, in the shops in Etzisro, there you definitely make hadama. Even though it's not a primary fruit, it's not considered a primary vegetable. And the same rule should apply to vegetables. If it's not a primary vegetable, I should make shahako. But these, these garinim are grown originally, are grown in a certain type of, of uh, sunflower and a certain type of, of uh, a certain type of um, pumpkin, which is grown just for the seeds. So the primary reason why they're grown is so that these seeds can be eaten. And therefore, they're considered the primary purpose of the vegetable. And therefore, I make a bariprodom on it. So for sure, on the garinim that the Israelis like to eat and throw the pips on the floor, throw the peels on the floor, those garinim, you make a bracha of bariprodom. But if you're going to eat some sort of fruit pip, which doesn't, is not meant to be eaten, even though it's edible and might be pleasant to eat, since it's not the primary primary part of the tree. I will never make anything other than a Baripriyadoma or maybe a Shako, depending on which opinion you follow, but definitely not a Baripriyadoma. When it comes to nuts, nuts are definitely considered the primary part of the tree. And I'll make a bracha on most nuts that we eat, we make a bracha Baripriyadoma and there's no problem with that at all. We will discuss Metzashem, hopefully in the next year, the bracha on chocolate. What bracha does one make on chocolate? Because chocolate comes from the cacao bean, and does one make a bracha baripir eights? Is it considered a derivative of the fruit, of the tree, of a fruit tree? Or do we consider it something completely different? Do we say it's changed, it's not considered a fruit? Or even if it is a fruit, do we, do we still say you should make a bracha of shahako or eights? We'll discuss, we'll go through the process of how one makes chocolate in the coming shit, and we'll work through the bracha on that too. Another condition attached to the bracha baripir eights, and this is very important, that the fruit has to be ripe. A non-ripe fruit cannot have the bracha of baripriyates attached to it. In fact, if it's not ripe, it's probably not really edible. It's bitter, and you make shahako. You don't make um, a, a bracha of baripriyates on it at all. So if it's not ripe and not edible at all, then you can't make a bracha at all. If it is edible, for example, you cooked it, so it becomes edible now, but since it's not really a fruit that was edible, you made it edible by the cooking process, you make shahako, you wouldn't make a bari priyates. A, a fruit for the bracha of bari priyates has to be a ripe fruit. It has to be ripe and edible. And let's finish off now with one more interesting scenario, an interesting uh, item, and that's sugar. That's sugar. What bracha does one make on sugar? Now here again, this is a, a huge discussion in the Rishonim. We'll talk about sugar cane, and we'll come back to sugar beet in a moment. Sugar cane is a cane. So it's a, a cane of more like a trunk, a very small trunk. It's not so huge, not so big, but it is a it's sort of a trunk of, of a tree trunk there. And inside this tree trunk grows, is the, the, the sap of this tree trunk is the sugar. And you draw the sugar, the liquid sugar out of the tree trunk. Now, is that liquid, is this tree considered a tree? 
is the cane considered a tree? And is the sugar that's drawn out of the trunk of the tree, is that considered the fruit? Because it doesn't have any other fruit to it at all. That's the only edible part of the tree is the sugar that's extracted from the cane. And this is a three-way machlekes in the Rishani. Tesis considers this a tree. He says it's a tree. And he quotes a posuk that, uh, that sugar is considered a tree. Sugar trees are considered a tree. And therefore, you need to make a bracha of eights on the fruit of that tree. You should make a bracha of eights on sugar. So, according to Tesis, if you're having a sugar cube made from cane sugar, you make a bracha of eights. The Rabbeinu says, you can't consider it a fruit. It's not a tree. You can't consider it a tree. It doesn't have branches. It's, it doesn't have the form of a tree to it. It doesn't have the form of fruit to it, but it may not be a fruit of a tree, but it's definitely grown from the ground. And according to Rabbi Yena, and the guy named you should make a bracha of Boire Pri Adama. Boire Pri Adama. It's growing in the ground. So according to that opinion of Rabbi Yena, if you eat a sugar cube from cane sugar, you should make Boire Pri Adama. The Rambam says no. Rambam says since the process of extracting it and turning it into sugar has to be cooked and boiled, etc. You have to, there's a process where it goes through some sort of change. That change is significant enough to consider it a non-fruit now and a non-vegetable. And I can't make a bracha of eights, nor may I make a bracha of baby adama. I have to make a bracha of shahakal. Rabban considers it a shahakal and nothing else. So when it comes to cane sugar, we would make a shahakal. But like with regards to the banana and the pineapple and the strawberry and those types of fruits, it's a suffolk. Here as well, I've been making shahako as a suffolk. And therefore, all the issues that we discussed with regards to brachas of a suffolk earlier on, making a banana, eating a banana together with other fruits, which brachas should come first, etc., etc., would be relevant to the sugar as well. I would have problems with eating sugar at the same time as I'm eating a vegetable, or the same time as I'm eating a fruit. Because if I made a very pure eights and there was sugar on the table, I made a very pure eights on a real fruit, on an apple, I have a problem now. I can't really make a broch on the sugar cane because the sugar cane maybe has had a broch already of a very pure eights. Or if I make a very pure adama on a vegetable and there's sugar cane cubes on the table, I have a problem. I can't make another broch on the sugar cube because I've already made a broch of very pure adama and maybe the broch is very pure adama. In those scenarios, I'm going to have to go and find a way around my predicament and a way of making a bracha of shahako. I'd have to go find a drink and make a shahako to absolve me of my bracha on my sugar. That's sugar cane. When it comes to sugar beet, that's a little bit more complicated because sugar beet is definitely not a tree and it's definitely a vegetable. And therefore, both Tasers and Rabbi Yoni would say, I should make a bracha of beripiadom on it. But yet we still make a bracha shahako on, on sugar, which is most of our sugar. Most sugar that we have today comes from sugar beet. We still make a bracha of shahakal on it because the Rambam's opinion is that since it's a process of, to extract the sugar from the beet needs to go through a process where it's completely changed from its original form and therefore we consider that a changed product and not the original fruit and therefore I make a bracha of shahakal. But it is only a sophic bracha. It's not a vada bracha. So you often find people who are eating a, a item of food and they're not sure if it's a bracha is a shakel or something else. So they go and take a sugar cube and make a shakel on the sugar to try and get them out of a sophic bracha. And all they've done is they've, they've just 
transferred the sophic bracha from the original fruit food that they were eating onto the sugar. Because sugar is an equally sophic bracha. You cannot use sugar as a means to get you out of a sophic bracha because sugar is also a sophic bracha. If I'm eating sugar, I don't have any other choice. So I make a bracha of shakal because it's a machlekes. And shakal is an uh, all-inclusive bracha. So I'll make shakal and that will allow me to eat my sugar. But not if I'm trying to avoid sophic brachas and I shouldn't be taking a sugar cube to get me out of, of the predicament of a sulfur broccoli. Sugar is, again, another item, which may be a fruit, may not be. In this case, we'll make a shahako, because there's a three-year-old like this. Similar to the banana, where we make our doma, the pineapple, where we make our doma, and the strawberry, where we make our doma, but only because of a sulfur broccoli. And therefore, one's got to try and avoid situations where the sulfur is going to cause us to have difficulty in actually making the broccoli. And the examples, as we've spoken, throughout this year. And finally, let's just say that all fruits need a bracha achreina. If you eat the right amount of, of fruit, you need to make a bracha achreina. If you're going to eat the shevis haminim, any fruit that belongs to the shevis haminim, so that's gefen, teino, rimoin, zei shemen and dvash, then you'd make a bracha of me'en sholish, which is a ala eitz, ala priya eitz, you'll say the bracha achas me'en sholish, you say the ala eitz. If you're eating any other, any other fruits, then you'll make just a bracha of bar nefoshes. If you're eating a combination of fruits, which is some are from the shivas aminim and some are other fruits, then I say a bracha achas me'en sholish, and that absolves me of any, of any question, any bar nefoshes that I should make on any of the other fruits. Once I'm making an ala eitz or priya eitz, I do not need to make a bar nefoshes on other fruits. It's all inclusive in the, in the ala eitz or priya eitz and the me'en sholish that I'll be making as a after bracha. So that gives us a very good background to to Birchus Apeus, really is not simple. Fruits are Beripir Ha'etz. Non-fruits are Beripir Adama, but exactly what's the definition of a fruit and a non-fruit is unclear. And therefore, we have all these doubtful brachas, as we've discussed, with regards to some bananas, pineapple, and strawberries, sugar, sugar cane, beet sugar, etc. Lots and lots of, and there's others out there. Papayas, and, and, and uh, we spoke about the sabra, and there's other fruits out there which are problematic. I've just given you an overview of the brachas and the difficulty of the soffit, the, these doubtful these doubtful fruits that they can create when I'm eating them together, or if I make a mistake on the bracha, or if I'm eating them together with other fruits and vegetables, that really can cause us issues. We'll move on next in the next year to discuss if I cook fruit, what bracha do I make on cooked fruit? Or dried fruit, what bracha do I make on dried fruit? Ground fruit, if I ground, grind it, what bracha do I make on it? And the bracha on chocolate. And if we do finish that in time, we'll move on to the brachas of vegetables and the difficulties that we can find when it comes to the brachas on vegetables. I hope this has been interesting. I hope it's given you a better understanding of bichas apeyas, the difficulties that we find ourselves in regularly when it comes to bichas apeyas. And if we can and are able to concentrate and think about the brachas in a little bit more of a, a focused way because we understand the background to the brachas uh, a little bit better then each bracha will in return in, in the Rebbeinu in return will give us the bracha that we so much need we'll see an end to all sorrows we'll have refuas and the chamas and we should have refuah for Yeshua and bracha bekorev we should have refuah for refuas for all other chaylimu amwal and the Rebbeinu give us yad that we should come to the end of this lockdown we should be able to come back to the shul and have shir and shul again and be able to serve the Rebbeinu as, as we know best and as the way we, we, we can serve him best we should be zeich to see the end of all sorrows Rebbeinu Yisrael Thank you very much and have a really good night.